0: We have a sweet family uh, that attends Christchurch that has a five-year-old daughter with disabilities. And after meeting with the family, we thought it would be great for her to have a buddy that could help her participate fully in Christchurch Kids. Then I was able to meet with a man who expressed interest in serving in disability ministry. And after experiencing his calm demeanor and his passion for working with kids with disabilities, I was hoping that they would be a great fit. So after being together for the first time on a Sunday, mom and dad came to pick her up and They said that for the first time in five years, they were able to go to church together as husband and wife. That is just one of the amazing things about disability ministry, that not only can we serve kids with disabilities, but we can allow parents to attend worship together, knowing their children are welcome, known, and loved. I have a friend that I met at the food pantry in the spring, and she came needing some help with food and clothing. She returned the next month, and we got to talking a little bit about her church home and so I had a chance to invite her to Christ Church and a few weeks later she came and she learned about some different opportunities to get involved and meet new people in our congregation and also have the chance to serve. It's been so exciting to see how God's been working in this young woman's life to provide her physical needs through the food pantry and then to see her take the next step on her faith journey here at Christ Church.
1: I met Angelica on uh, Women of Hope on a Tuesday morning. She was looking for a way to serve in the tech world, and she started volunteering with us on a regular basis on Sundays. She showed a lot of interest to learn more, and she's now training other volunteers alongside. God is just working in amazing ways.
2: I met Cornelius at a meeting about global outreach teams going to the Dominican Republic this past year. Cornelius shared with me that there were a number of barriers to him going to the Dominican Republic, but Cornelius was faithful to God's call and he joined the team and was just a really remarkable presence. He became a really strong male role model for some of the the children we were serving with and helped guide the team. But God is continuing to work in Cornelius' life. Cornelius is going to be helping to lead a team in the coming year. He's hoping to return to the Dominican Republic with his son, and God continues to work in and through Cornelius to touch lives.
0: My friend Emily came to the Mops community expecting friendship with other moms in a similar season of life. And what Emily didn't anticipate were the hardships that were gonna come to her and her family and that the Mops community would be a group of women who would rally around her family and provide moral support and prayer and even things like meals on a daily basis as she walked through a miscarriage and a job loss for her husband. And so because Emily experienced the love of God through that Mops community, she continues to faithfully serve there today to be that lift for other moms.
3: So Tom started attending our early morning men's group about seven years ago. And recently I've been noticing some distinct changes in his life and the questions he's asking. And I asked him about those changes lately. And then he went on to share this beautiful story of how in this group he discovered a place where he could bring his doubts, his fears, and his questions, and they were accepted. And over the course of the years, he discovered what it means to pray truly to a God who listens, even to those same doubts, fears, and questions.
0: At our middle school camp, Colin, a seventh grade boy, experienced the transformative love of God, and on our last cabin time, Colin articulated that he was feeling as if he was being transformed by God. Three weeks later, he joined our Nashville middle school mission trip team and it was Cullen who was leading others the whole week to serve more faithfully. Cullen decided that he wanted this service to be a regular part of his life. And so he committed to weekly serving with our first and second graders in our children's ministry on Sunday mornings. He wanted other people to be brought into the same transformational love that he experienced starting with camp.
3: There's a college student, London, who has been attending here since middle school and has been formed in her faith through the ministry here. And just before she went to college this summer, she made the decision to get baptized as an affirmation of what God is doing in her life. She made her faith her own before moving into the next season of her life.
0: I saw a woman crying one Sunday after she received communion because when she was sitting in worship she wasn't sure if she could go forward to receive God's grace because some of the things that had happened in her life but she chose to anyway and through the tears she just told me she experienced God's grace in such a powerful way and she's continued to come back week after week and be part of what God is doing here.
3: I have a friend who has been a part of church and faith communities for his entire life and unfortunately recently had a a close family member to him pass in an unexpected and tragic way and I remember just sitting in my office with him the other day as tears rolled down his cheeks and he talked about how he's been part of leading churches and being a part of church communities for so long And yet he has never in his entire life felt the loving arms of God wrap around him in the way that he has in this specific community, in this specific time of his life, and just how immensely grateful he was to be a part of Christ church in this community. And that's just one of the stories. Just one of the stories.
0: And that's just one of the stories. Just one of the stories. And that's just one of the stories.
3: And that's just one of the stories of God working through the people of Christ church.
2: Well, good evening to you and welcome to Christ Church. We are thrilled to have you here with us and joining in our worship time, whether you're joining us online today or finding your way back into a familiar seat uh, in these pews. Uh, We're delighted to have you, and especially those of you who may be joining with us for the very first time today. Uh, We know that uh, family and friends often come in from out of town, and we're just so excited to have you making Christ Church your home for the evening, and we pray that you'll find it a great blessing to be here. If you do live here in the area, we wanna let you know also of the other opportunities that are out there in the days to come to find uh, encouragement and inspiration for your daily life. You'll find out at our literature stations a whole variety of, of cards and literature that describe those ministries. You'll find some QR codes on the back of the bulletin that you received tonight that take you to places on our website that offer some helpful information. I do want to highlight, if I may, that uh, our January calendar card is out there at the literature stations and it describes a whole wealth of great opportunities in the days to come. Uh, One of those opportunities is of special interest to those of you who are parents, grandparents, mentors, teachers, coaches, or at all interested in the next generations. Uh, That should pull in most of us, I think. We are going to start out January of 2024 with a two-week series that's focused on how to raise, in effect, healthy humans in a complex world. It is getting more and more interesting out there, and for all of us that have influence upon younger generations, it's important for us to think about the special role we play as their encouragers and mentors. We're bringing in two of the nation's uh, preeminent experts on youth culture and family life, who will be our guest speakers for the first two Sundays of January, and they will follow up our worship services with uh, special workshops, and you can register for those uh, once again By using the QR codes, uh, grabbing the cards outside, or in fact uh, taking those cards and sharing them with other people. Uh, That that may be one of the kindest things that you could do for friends or neighbors in the coming year is to give them an invitation to come and get this incredibly valuable uh, resourcing. Um, I want to also let you know that we will be open for worship next Sunday. Uh, We do have a different schedule than normal. Instead of our normal four uh, worship services on Sunday mornings, we're sponsoring only two. There will be a traditional service right here in the sanctuary at 9 o'clock and then our usual contemporary service over in our our auditorium, our worship theater on the other side uh, of our building. And you're welcome to come join us for either of those hours. As we prepare to enter into worship tonight, I want to say thank you so much for uh, turning off your cell phones, putting them on silent at least, if you wouldn't mind. And if you're able to scoot a little bit towards the center of the pews, we'd like to have more room at the inn for who knows who might come in and join us. So if you could cozy up a bit next to some of the other folks towards the center of the pews, that would provide a few seats on the outside to welcome others who will be coming to join us. Finally, later in the service, we're gonna be taking up a Christmas offering. And uh, if you are uh, new here, uh, please do not feel that you're pressured into being part of that. If you have a heart to help us as we continue to try and lift people toward their God-given potential in the coming year, uh, we're always grateful for your partnership in that way. I want to invite us to just spend a moment in prayer together as we jump into our service tonight. And so I invite you to bow your head with me as we come before our Lord uh, together. Loving Lord God, we give you thanks that there is not a single one of us here in this space tonight or watching at home that is a stranger to you. You know our names and our stories. You know our needs and our dreams. You're deeply aware of our hurts and our hopes, the passions and questions that drive us and dizzy us. And so tonight we come just seeking to know you better seeking to find that deep peace and abiding hope that you alone can give. Thank you, God, that as much as we may be seeking you or maybe forgetting to seek you, that you have always been seeking after us. So meet us, we pray. Give us eyes to see the light that shines in the darkness, Give us ears to hear the good news that rises above the din of this world, like the sound of angel voices on a clear winter night. For this we pray in the name of Jesus as we faithfully come and as we now rise to sing. Amen.
4: You to remain standing as we read these scriptures from Isaiah 9 and Luke 2. Behold, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those who live in the land of shadow, a light has shined.
2: For unto us, of the Lord, unto us a son is given, and the God of
4: And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed, and they all went to be taxed, every one to his place of birth.
2: Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was.
4: And so it was that while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
2: And then there were the seen shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch. And the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were very afraid.
4: But the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us.
2: And they came in the face, found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in and the
4: And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child,
2: We are so thrilled that you could join us today for what is the 10th of our Christmas Eve services this weekend. The best of all. We've been saving the best to last. The place has been packed out with so many families, uh, so many of all ages, especially many children at younger gatherings. And we've talked about just what this season often means to children the expectation and excitement, the chaos for parents the extra work, the guests, the in-laws, the extended family gathering around, the amazing, beautiful mess that is human life. I want to talk to you tonight because it's a little later in the program and because we have an even more mature uh, group here in this circle about a larger frame than we've been talking about in our previous services. And to do that, I want to take you, if I may, to a moment in history the individuals who make up this moment came from many cities, from cities far uh, more impressive in terms of their cosmopolitan nature than the royal city, David city, Bethlehem. They came from all over the earth, distinguished scholars and statesmen, representing some 19 countries, I'm told, and the year was 1965. And these leaders were weary and concerned. They were concerned about what they saw happening in the world. They were exhausted with the wars. They were concerned about the turmoil. They were tired of the divisions that were racking human life. And convinced that there had to be some answer to this, the Secretary-General of the United Nations, a man by the name of Hugh Convene that particular gathering with these questions I invite you to listen to. What element, the Secretary General said, is yet lacking so that with all of our skill and all our knowledge, we still find ourselves in the dark valley of discord? What is it that inhibits us from going forward together to enjoy the fruits of human endeavor, to reap the harvest of human experience. What is it that for all of our professed ideals, he said, what is it that our hopes and our skills and peace on earth is still such a distant objective seen only dimly through the storms of our present difficulties? Sound familiar? How do you answer? these kinds of questions? How is it that almost 60 years since those questions were posed, after continuing advancements in science and technology and wealth and Taylor Swift, (laughs) how is it that we are still in the same dark valley asking these age-old questions? Do you ever wonder about that? Do you ever wonder about where our hope lies? And and what does Christmas have to say to that, that the world still needs to hear?
3: It comes. all with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all. But high from God's heaven our star's light did fall, and the promise
2: We're going into another election year. Have you noticed that? Have you heard about that? It's going to be another one of those seasons. We've seen them often. Where for a moment we believe that our hope lies in another great human leader. We'll say, we need a strong leader. But what if we need an altogether different kind of leadership? Leadership from a a king of the alt alternative kind that that song we just heard sung intimates about not a harsh overlord but someone who is truly wise and strong and good and for all people somebody who can help us reorder our passions and our priorities and unite us in a fresh way we have watched so many difficult things happen just this year alone We've seen wars, we've seen terrorism ravaging human lives. We've seen our cities, our Congress, our college campuses in chaos. We've witnessed the hateful, selfish impulses that divide human beings and sometimes rise up, frankly, within our own souls. I've been scared sometimes by the feelings I see rising in me in the midst of all of this. Some of us I know, some of us in this room, have come under the cold shadow of some bitter loss during this past year, or we felt the dusk of our own mortality creeping over us. And saddest of all, some of us may have gotten so used to this stuff, so accustomed to the darkness that we've stopped even fighting against it, stopped believing there could be a light that would change life for good. But we can't let this happen. Christmas has come just in time. We've got to keep asking the questions that that leader from the UN so many years ago posed. What element is lacking in our progress? What is it that inhibits us as a race or as individuals from going forward as we could? What is the pathway to real peace? There are answers to those questions. And, and if we listen tonight, we're going to hear some of them. We're going to see the hope of a coming spring that will still warm our hearts in the bleak midwinter. is certainly not the only time we found ourselves in circumstances that tested what we would do with our hearts. I remember the, the confusion and the chaos and the fear that followed the events of September 11. You're all too young to remember this, but let me describe what it was like. I remember that particular day when everyone was transfixed to what was happening on the screens and, and We got reports from the staff operating the front office that people were streaming into the building. They were literally pulling off the road and into our parking lot and walking in with dazed expressions on their faces and taking these seats you're sitting in now, looking for something to offer them hope and help in the midst of something that was insensible and for A short period of time, this church occupied a very central role in Chicago's processing of these events because one of our pastors had been killed in the first plane that hit the World Trade Center. And the news media was everywhere and we filmed a a Dateline episode right out there in the Garden Chapel and I and a colleague appeared on Oprah and were interviewed around the nature of this loss. We've been to these places before. We've been to these moments when everyone is struggling for a new focus. I remember most vividly from that entire period of time, a conversation that I saw unfolding on television between a CBS news reporter, a broadcast journalist, and Ann Graham Lotz, the daughter of the famous Christian evangelist, Billy Graham. And and, and the interviewer asked the question that a lot of people were asking at that particular time, that I suggest people still ask when they see the suffering that's unfolding in so many parts of our world today. The reporter said to Ann Graham, how could God let something like this happen? And Graham thought for a moment, and then she gently responded, offering a window toward the even greater question of our time. She said, I believe that God is deeply, deeply saddened by this, by what's happening, as all of us are. But think about this, she said. For years, years, we've been telling God to get out of our schools, to get out of our government, to get out of our lives. And being the gentleman that God is, I believe he has granted our wishes. How can we expect God, she said, to give us his blessing and his protection if we demand that he leave us alone? People need to wonder more about that. I think people need to wander around wondering more about that in our era. Why are we surprised that we have so little peace when in so many ways the Prince of Peace himself has been banished from our kingdoms? How can we be so shocked by the darkness that is all around us where the light of the world is shut outside the inn of our lives in various ways. And yet this, I think, in the midst of that reality is still the grace. A grace that the poet Ralph Waldo Emerson saw in an earlier era when he observed that sometimes when it gets dark enough, we begin to see stars Thank Past several weeks, we've been having a conversation as a church family about a group of people that were on their way to Bethlehem. They were the famous magi of the Christmas story. They were the ones out in the east, someplace, likely in ancient Persia, the area we might call Iran or Iraq of that day. They had seen in the skies a star, a great light, unexpected, and, and believing it was a portend of something significant, they followed this body and it took them to that little village that even today is closed down. The scriptures tell us that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, the prophet said, and those living in the land of shadow, a light will dawn. There is a dawning awareness, I think, in some circles today that the greatest war of our time is not actually what the pundits are suggesting it is. The greatest struggle of our age is not the, the conflict between Israel and Hamas, or between Russia and Ukraine, or between China and the US, or between Republicans and Democrats. The greatest issue of our time is whether human beings can live without a dependable North Star. Something fixed in the heavens The biggest question of our time is whether we can live without God. Now, whenever we speak of God, it's important to define our terms. (laughs) By God, I do not mean a deity that gives anybody a right to subjugate or destroy others in His name. I don't mean a God that wears a particular flag or justifies all of the policies of any one nation. By God, we can never mean a divine endorser whose main job it is to make us feel good about ourselves or superior to other people. God is certainly not a designer deity that we get to construct according to our personal tastes about right and wrong. He is not a desperate divinity that we can make smile with an occasional surprise visit to his prison with a steeple on top. God is not ours to define. God is God. He is the one who came at Christmas. He is the one who brings real progress who brings genuine hope, who brings lasting peace. He is the God we meet in the face and the life and the teaching and the compassion and the justice and the goodness and the self-sacrificing love of that child who began in that manger. Can we live without this God? Without the one who truly is God. Think about that with me. Think about that deeply with me as we rise to sing these familiar carols of Christmas. question maybe you could be helpful with, why did God, if he saw all that was going on in the world, send a baby as the answer? I mean, why why that particular strategy to address the struggles, the age-old struggles of planet Earth and the people that inhabit it? Does God not watch the news? Does God not see that we, we need some forceful help with the serious problems that plague us? I mean, He could have come as a conquering warrior. The way the Bible says, He will return at His second advent. But why did He come at the first advent as a gentle child? Why that approach? I've come to believe that it may be because God understands, as we sometimes miss, the conditions required to establish real and enduring peace from the inside out. You see, a government is very well designed to establish rules, but it cannot convert the hearts of the people who were determined to live by their own rules. A court can make somebody pay for a crime, but it it cannot make them respect another man, or cherish another woman, or, or care for their neighbor. An army can track down terrorists, but it can't destroy the warring spirit that keeps rising up within broken people, The law can define and protect property for us, but it can't make a person cross the street and become neighbor to a stranger. The state can put security screens at every airport, in our schools, in all of our buildings, but it cannot establish the harmony and the civility that would make those conventions utterly unnecessary. This is something that only the light of love can do. And so, God comes as a child because here's something he knows. We often let children through the fortress gates of our heart, don't we? And so he grows up as the supreme human being whose light and love models for us the the way we were created to live and wherever the governance of this everlasting light grows, it warms the chill of cold hearts, it pushes back the darkness, it brings a little bit closer the reality of an enduring kind of peace as C.S. Lewis, the great writer of the Chronicles of Narnia once said, God cannot give us peace apart from Himself because it is not there. There is no such thing peace apart from God and this is why Christians believe that the greatest answer to the questions of our time is Jesus not our religious versions of him not our self-serving versions of him but the authentic Jesus it's only as we allow the Prince of Peace into our hearts and allow him to take up residence there, alter our thinking from the inside out that we have hope of growing, drawing closer to that heavenly peace we long for. And as we sing about that peace, I want to invite you to take just a moment and to turn to somebody that you came with. And if you didn't come with anybody, turn to a perfect stranger or an imperfect one and wish them peace and tell, you, tell them that you love them if you love them, that you're grateful for them if you are, that you want the best for the people around you. As we rise, as we sing, take the opportunity to reach out in that way. You sing beautifully, thank you, that was a gift to me. Would you be seated? And I want to take you back to that quotation from Ralph Waldo Emerson, that sometimes it's only when it is darkest that people see stars. In the darkest days of World War II, a long, long time ago now, a little girl and her dad were driving home one Christmas Eve. Maybe it was after a service like this in some local church. They drove past rows and rows of houses. The houses had Christmas trees. They were decorations visible in the windows. But the little girl noticed that as they drove along the streets of her little village, that, that in the windows of many of the houses, there were affixed paper stars a paper star, in some cases, a single one. Daddy, she said, why do the houses have stars in the window? Her dad explained that the star meant that that particular household had a child in the war. And her father explained that they would paste a blue star in the window for each child that they had given up to the service of others and that that star would be changed to gold if the child had paid the ultimate price for others' freedom. This old tradition is where we get the idea of gold star families. You with me? As they passed the last house on their way on home, suddenly the little girl pointed up, and she'd caught sight out the window of the evening star appearing in the sky. Look, Dad, she said. God's got a star in his window. Does he have a son in the war? Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he did. The best and the most beautiful of them. The most innocent brave magnificent of children and he laid his down life his life down he laid it all out for strangers for people that didn't have time for him for people that desperately needed him and just didn't know he gave his life away to purchase our freedom to guide us towards home And if the star of Bethlehem is not enough of a sign for you, a reminder for you this Christmas, if you ever doubt just how invested God is in the final triumph of light over darkness in our world, look further still. Look way beyond the manger, will you? Look way beyond that. Cast your gaze upon the cross that rises upon the darkest place in the world, the darkened skies of Calvary, see the hands that once reached out from a manger, little tender hands reaching out for his mother, see those same hands pierced as they stretch out in love, in incredible love to bring peace between God and you and me. You
3: Lord, I'm go.
0: In the end, the most important question of all remains to be asked. What is our response to what God has done, to what God is doing, and to what God yet wants to do through you and me? Like the choir sang earlier, what shall I give him? I'll give him my heart. Would you do that tonight? Maybe God is coming to you as He did to Mary, and He's asking permission to enter and to birth His new life in you. Receive that life tonight. Perhaps God is coming to you as He did to Joseph and asking you to keep some promises that you have been tempted to abandon, receive the power you need to do that tonight. Maybe the Lord is coming to you as He did to the shepherds, and He is calling you to get up and to go serve Him as you never have before, to forgive someone, to help someone, to befriend someone accept His commission tonight. Perhaps God is prompting you, like He did those wise magi, to start out on a new journey of seeking His truth. You've taken an important step tonight. Keep walking. We would be honored to journey with you. As our ushers come to receive our Christmas offering, remember this. We cannot live without God, not the life that is truly life. But with Him, in so many ways that each of us and the world needs right now, there is peace to be found. Peace through what he began on that holy night.
4: bow your head with me as we come before the lord in prayer O god who brings the peace that passes understanding keep shining the light we've seen here tonight pour out your wisdom upon the leaders of this world and upon those who defend our freedoms grant your radiant peace to first responders and those who minister this might to the ill or suffering. Come close to the lonely. Comfort those who mourn. Encourage the faint-hearted. As you have reconciled us to you through the gift of your son's life, dissolve the hatred and blindness that separates us from one another. Hasten that day when the government is finally and fully upon your shoulders, you who are indeed the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For in your name we go forth to proclaim the good news that Jesus Christ is born. Amen. Amen.
2: It has been a joy to have you in the circle of our family here tonight and hope and pray that your Christmas Day is filled with much love and joy and that we'll have the privilege of being together before too long again. Go in peace, be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, knowing that he who is goodness himself is holding on to you. This Christmas Eve and until we meet again, and until we stand with Jesus face-to-face and forevermore. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great Christmas. Thanks.